so I was talking to this guy earlier and he was like, oh, hey, Alexander, what's going on? And I was like, Alexander, my name's Alexander, you fool. I'm like, take take the Alex part out. It's I just got half of the Alex. Uh, It's like, this is my life. All right. I'm Alexander. All right. Xander part is correct. But no, that half part, that Alex part, I don't want anything to do with it. Um, I mean, it's just it's frustrating. That happens to me all the time. And um, I don't know. You know, I will, I've been listening to this song by Jamiroquai recently, and it's called Virtual Insanity. And uh, why not virtual reality? Yeah. And what you said, Eric, that, that just reminds me. Half-Life Alex, the VR game, the virtual reality game that came out like a this no last year like exactly one year ago they just it just got a working non-vr mod that's insane like yeah so this is the first half-life game in a very long time by valve and a lot of people were disappointed that it was like a vr exclusive title and so modders from day one started working on like a non-VR mod so you could play it like on your desktop like you know you know like a normal uh, first person shooter game and now it seems that the modders have progressed so far that the entire game seems to be completable and playable in non-VR which is uh, cool but I have some you know controversial opinions about this so before I get into them what do you guys think about this is this is this something that valve should have just implemented in the game from day one for poor people like me who can't afford like a vr rig what do you guys think i haven't played it i don't have any vr equipment myself either but from what i understand it seems like it was designed the design heavily geared towards vr anyway right like when it came out all the reviews were saying that finally this was a good vr game and it finally got vr right and all this other stuff I don't know that you can just remove that and have it be anything. In fact, there's a comment in the thread there on GBA Temp from uh, Tom Bombadildo, the guy that reviewed it for us, who he basically says, uh, as a VR title, it's good, but without the quirks and features of VR, it'll basically just be a an okay shooter. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious about how well it holds up without VR, without the main thing it's built around. I will say, um, in the gameplay video that was attached to the article um, showing the progress update, it did look like a very standard Half-Life experience. So if all you're after is another Half-Life game, this looks perfectly serviceable. But yeah, I also don't have VR equipment at all, so I also have not played Half-Life Alex. It looks really good. It looks really fun. Like It utilizes the VR perfectly. But All right, so I'm a big big Half-Life fan, big fan of the franchise from back in the early 2000s. That's when I first played a Half-Life game. And I've been really into this franchise for a long time. And I was very glad that Valve actually released a Half-Life game. And yes, I did indeed play Half-Life Alex. Uh, Half-Life Alex. I did uh, finish it on YouTube. <laughs> uh, that was the platform I chose for it. It's kind of like Google Stadia. If you think about it, really, it's practically the same thing. So thank you to all those people for making that game freely available for me to play. Well, play is basically the same thing. It's not like that game is a RPG with branching storylines. So whatever. 
what I can tell you is that this game fundamentally, it, it, it really is just a mediocre shooter. If you take away all those VR elements, just like Jordan said, because this game was built from the ground up as a VR experience, like everything around it is just to show off, Hey, look what you can do in VR. You can't do this in a first person shooter. You can't do this in 2d. You can, you need to crouch under this thing and then look on top and then solve this puzzle, which is 3d using both of your hands. This is the only way you can do it. You can't do that with a mouse and keyboard. Come on. So without this, it's, I don't, okay, sure. If, if you want this as a novelty thing, then yeah, it's great. Awesome. But please, if you want to experience Half-Life, Alex, don't, don't let your first experience be this, please. I don't know. Just play it on YouTube. (laughs) Don't play it on YouTube either. Save up some money. I mean, just get a job. Really think about it. What are you poor or something? You can't find like $5,000 for a good gaming rig and like a used valve index. Come on, get real. What are you a child or something? What's your excuse? (laughs) So yeah, that's joking aside, really the best way to experience this game is through VR. Just, it's just like Beat Saber, you know, if you, you want, yeah, I guess you could play Beat Saber with a mouse, maybe two mouses at the same time. I don't know, but, but yeah, this is just way better suited for a VR experience. Eric, no segue. He's just nodding his head like, no. So I can see his screen reflected in his glasses. I'm trying to enhance the image now so I can see what he's reading. Looks like Gmail. Oh, uh, browser's charged me again. I meant to cancel this. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me try this. So you mentioned uh, needing to save up the money to get a suitable gaming rig as well as a Valve Index VR headset. Yes. Luckily... If you want to play Resident Evil 4 in VR, all you'll need is an Oculus Quest 2. Ooh. Wow. Resident Evil VR? Wow. Resident Evil 4 in VR, specifically. Oh, that's my favorite Resident Evil game that I've never played because I haven't played any single game from that franchise, but would really like to. As Resident Evil 4 is basically Capcom's Skyrim. They just keep porting it and moving it to everything. It's not even basically. I would, I would say with how much Resident Evil 4 was ported before Skyrim, that Skyrim is Bethesda's Resident Evil 4. You're right. You got me. That's a good way to put it. It's, uh, yeah. Isn't Resident Evil 4, that's the one that everybody likes the most, right? I mean, Jordan, you're like a super fan. Isn't that your favorite one? Uh, It is, actually. Uh, Not even kidding. That is my favorite Resident Evil game. Um, I have bought it. Let's see. I bought it on the GameCube. I bought it on the Wii. I bought the really shitty mobile port for wow. iOS back when that was available. It was your first first review um, unit on the on the website. It was my first review unit for the site. Um, I also bought it for Xbox 360, um, and now I will eventually buy. Oh, I also bought it on Steam on sale just so I could add one to the count. Nice. Um, and now I'm going to buy an Oculus Quest 2 just so I can buy it in VR and enjoy it that way. <laughs> I'm similar to you. I've had it on Wii 360, PS3, PS4, Steam, and Switch, I believe. can't remember if I bought the Switch one, but I think go. I did. 
because I wanted the portable. What's interesting to me, and I think, Stephen, I think we share this opinion, Resident Evil 4 Wii Edition is the best way to play that Absolutely. game. Absolutely. And it's not even really a competition. Yeah, not a close at all. Is it because of the motion controls? The pointer is really good for that. Yeah. Yes. The Wii, using the Wii Remote for aiming is an experience I haven't had in Resident Evil 4 since the last time I played the Wii Edition. So I am really excited to see how it translates to VR, because if that's any indication... It should be just perfect. I, I wish I knew more about VR off the top of my head to be able to say whether I thought elements of that game would translate well to it. Because, but it's just such it's just right. such a solid game all around. I can't imagine it not being fun in VR. Just a different way to see that game, that world, especially something that I kind of know so well. Like I feel like seeing it in VR would be different as opposed to seeing something brand new. Definitely. I'm really excited to see uh, Dr. Salvador, the chainsaw-wielding yep. guy in the village, watch him cut my head off in VR. That'll be honestly probably Oh, terrifying. man, he scared the living <laughs> out of me as a kid. <laughs> he still scares the living <laughs> out of me as an adult. Um, but yeah, we, we don't have much info on Resident Evil 4 VR, just more so confirmation that it is happening yeah. um, after Capcom's November leak already kind of confirmed that for us. This just serves as official confirmation. It came during Capcom's Resident Evil showcase that took place a couple of days ago, as far as when we're recording this. Um, and it was kind of their big capstone, how they ended it. Like, hey, guys, we want to know how you how we can play Resident Evil 4 in new ways, uh, even though they're already essentially remaking it for Village. And yeah, that's how they ended it. They showed a little bit of VR gameplay. And then later on in April, there's going to be a Oculus Gaming... 21st of April, I believe, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be an Oculus Gaming event, and it'll have more information then. Um, it is going to be an Oculus to Quest 2 yeah. exclusive. Every day, this Oculus Quest thing becomes more and more appetizing to me, because... Uh, they recently had this update on it that enabled 100 hertz. So it used to be locked to something stupid like 72 hertz, like the panel. So it was, it was terrible, but they somehow unlocked it through a software update. So now it's really useful as like a portable VR thing. And this is, if you really think about it, this is practically the future of VR. It's these all one in all in one systems that you put on your head because you know, uh, those headsets that connect to your computer, you got wires and stuff, but this, this is all wireless. So that's a lot, lot better in that way. And I'm surprised that a mobile device like that could actually run Resident Evil 4. Like that's a big game. That's a big boy game. That's not Angry Birds. That's not Beat Saber. That story has a, <laughs> that game has a plot. That game has characters in it and stuff. Yeah. So it's impressive that they got that working on what basically a glorified mobile phone the implication of what you just said is that angry birds does not have a plot you know that they had at least two movies whereas which Res aren't based on the game well that's true but neither are the resident evil movies so <laughs> and they've never been ported to mobile yeah exactly yeah i guess you're right but yeah the biggest crux in this thing is the, the facebook login i pride myself in not having a facebook account which has actually hindered my ability to get interviews for jobs, surprisingly. Because, yeah, oh, yeah, just write me on Facebook. And I'm like, I can't, 
I can't write you on Facebook. Do you have like email or something? You pride yourself on not having a Facebook, but you have a GBA temp account. You have a Twitter account. GBA temp doesn't sell my data. You got your anonymous on 4chan. I'm sure you have a Reddit account. (laughs) You have a Google account. Yeah, Yeah, but Google doesn't. Well, you got a Discord. Discord doesn't sell my data. Hopefully. You got a Twitch. Discord doesn't ask for my ID. Got an OnlyFans. He's got an OnlyFans. (laughs) I do have an OnlyFans, Steven. Okay. And what I do with that OnlyFans doesn't bother you. You have a Fiverr. I do have a Fiverr. I make money off of that. Oh, wait. Legally speaking, I do not make money off of Fiverr. Fiverr. Whatever. I have not made any profits from Fiverr. Thus, it's not taxable. Okay. Also, I don't live in the U.S., Please, IRS, don't. I was gonna, well, is there no Ukrainian tech service? I hope not. I, I <laughs> Otherwise, they Honestly, should, I, I should have been aware of them years ago. I have never heard of somebody going to jail for not paying their Ukrainian taxes. Never. I don't think it's a thing. I think it's like something automatic or something. I don't. It's not an issue in Europe like it is in the U.S. Maybe people that don't pay their taxes, they just get stolen away in the middle of the night. Like a black van pulls up and hauls them out. (laughs) So what you're trying to tell me is that Gary Bowser didn't pay his Ukrainian taxes? That's what happened? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Essentially, yes. But back to Resident Evil. Um, They... They showed a new gameplay trailer that showed off a little more of the village and castle levels. And then they also announced a second round of demos where you can have, much like the Resident Evil 2 demo, you have 60 minutes to get through as much of it as you can. And you can go through the village or castle levels. Those are be- the releases for those are being staggered. Um, in the North in North America, they are playable from May 1st, 8 p.m. Eastern time to May 2nd, 8 p.m. Eastern okay. time. And then May 2nd to 3rd um, at uh, on the, I believe, 2nd and 3rd. Uh, they have the same day. North America gets it a little earlier. And then actually, um, as of right now, you can actually access the village portion of the demo early if you are on a PS4 or PS5 because Capcom and Sony are best friends right now. Nice. Um, so you have... I think it's available till later this afternoon, and then. So, if you're listening to this, you already um, missed the village demo. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, uh, well, the the PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five players will have availability to the 24 hour period for the demo as yeah. well. They're just getting access early right gotcha. now. Gotcha. Um, and then the the castle level, uh, April 24th. Uh, from 8 p.m. to April 25th at 4 a.m. Both Eastern time zones. Um, is when you'll be able to play the castle demo. Jordan, you have to be careful when saying time zones on this podcast, as yeah. you are familiar. Uh, members of GBA Temp don't really know how time zones work. Um, they oh, assume that the time zone is the same for everything. That's why we can't have competitions anymore because everybody's always late because they're like, that is oh, so you true. Say eight o'clock, you say 8 o'clock Eastern time. Well, what is that in New York time? And it's like uh, 8 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! And then the other. Oh, um, go ahead. Oh, just aside from the demos, they also announced that the mercenaries uh, game mode is coming back, which was introduced in Resident Evil Four, and then it was in Resident Evils Five and Six as well. Um, it was absent from Seven. It's coming back for Village, just further proving that Village is 
essentially the Resident Evil 4 remake they wanted to yeah. make. So how do you feel about Mercenaries? Because a big part of Resident Evil has always been that it's not super combat oriented. 4, 5, and 6 were more than the rest of the series, but a big part of what people always talk about is like, oh, it's scary because it's so hard to fight the zombies. So, you know, you right. kind of struggle and panic. And the Mercenaries, for anyone who doesn't know, is a, an action minigame. Like, you're just trying to kill as many. It's like very arcadey action. You're trying to, like, kill as many enemies as possible as quickly as you can. I think there's a combo thing that you can rack up. Um, and it was always kind of awkward in 4, 5, and 6 because it's not, you know, super great for shooting. Um, I haven't played 7 much is that style more suited to action gameplay do you think i think so because seven and village are both first person shooters and seven has a few modes um one called nightmare and one called jack's 55th birthday which are essentially mercenary-esque games where it's just horde mode basically uh fighting the molded uh one after the other it was better gameplay wise than mercenaries but it wasn't quite as fun uh so i'm kind of excited to see what from the classic mercenaries modes comes back in village um and actually works better in a first person shooter. right and they're adding a, a merchant to mercenaries aren't they yes the duke is uh is going to be selling some stuff um now it's been a while since i played resident evil 4 mercenaries but i think the merchant was available uh like at the beginning of it to pick up upgrades and stuff but i could be totally wrong there but it's it's been a while since i played resident evil 4 mercenaries i essentially don't anymore just because the controls are not no good. it's so awkward yeah i don't know I'm, I'm really excited for this like you said village does seem like it's just a resident evil 4 remake in a lot of ways and a lot of ways except the story i guess <laughs> but I yeah. think that's a clever way to do it where they were doing the actual one, two, and three remakes. Everyone expected them to do a straight remake of four, which it never felt like it needed one. So to kind of split it off into a VR port and village, which takes a lot of the more iconic elements of it and just makes it a new title is I, I really like what they're doing with this. Resident Evil has been on a good track oh, lately. Definitely. I still believe they're going to make a full on remake with four. I think um, they, they might. Yeah. Because. I don't know if you need to. You it's don't. Reported to you know what also doesn't so well. need a remake? Last of Us. Okay, but they're still doing that. <laughs> okay. But I think Resident Evil 4 deserves like like a remake, I think. I don't know. I'm not, I never played it. Uh, but here's the thing. It's so perfect, though. I don't know what they could change that would be better. Or even like interesting different. Like, Let me explain. They need, it, they need to give it the Demon's Souls treatment. Because Demon Souls, what they did, they basically loaded in all these new graphic uh, graphics assets, right? But yeah. they kept they kept the gameplay one to one the same. They even copied the coding, the AI, everything is the same from the original Demon Souls. So Blue Point just ported that, just changed up the graphics and changed the engine completely to Unreal. And they could do the same thing here. And here it's even easier because. Where does Resident Evil 4 take place? It takes place in like a village, right? It takes place in Europe, actually, which is where Village is going to be taking place. Precisely. So they don't need to redo all these assets. They could just load in like uh, like the assets from Village and just, uh, you know, yeah. add in who's who's the main guy. Uh, well, yeah. Leon Belmont, right? Just <laughs> add him in, you know, change the graphics on his model, and that's it. That that's Resident Evil Four. And just keep the gameplay the same. Don't touch that because fans love that. And yeah. See, I actually was just about to say if they could do a Resident Evil Four remake where all they do is change the gameplay to play more like Remake Two and Three, 
and I would buy it because that is a better gaming experience. Oh, oh yeah, even better. The older graphics don't really bother me very well. I think they've aged a lot better than the than the gameplay has. So, just tweaking the gameplay, I would buy a Resident Evil Four remake of that. Which that's what they're doing technically with VR. So Resident Evil, right? Popular Japanese franchise that has paranormal uh, stuff in it. What's your other favorite Japanese uh, franchise with horror elements in it? Kingdom Hearts. I'll be back in a minute because I don't care about Castlevania. Okay, that's perfect. Uh, well, I guess, I guess it's Castlevania. You no, know, it's Kingdom Hearts or Legend of Zelda. Actually, it's Rhythm Heaven. Have you ever thought about it? Like, why are these robots being filled up with gas? Think about it. Why is there a choir with three identical bald small dudes who are white? It's kind of creepy to me. But no, I'm actually talking about Castlevania. And for those of you who have been living under a rock without access to Netflix, Netflix actually has a Castlevania anime, which has, eh, I don't know, is has it been critically successful i don't know i liked it but there, there are obviously some elements that i did not like what about you jordan have you watched the castlevania anime um i've watched all of it i like it a okay. lot i think they don't really know what they want to do with the story yeah. because uh so season one is only four episodes and it's yep. great seasons two and three i think they're like 10 episodes a piece and there's great episodes in there and they end really well but the middle just kind of becomes filler and just drags so this upcoming season four is going to be the final season of the Netflix Castlevania anime. And I'm kind of okay with that because I feel like they're already out of ideas. So they're just going to wrap up the story and move on. I guess I was always hoping that they would move past the Trevor Belmont story and the uh, and move on to maybe Simon and Richter uh, in their respective years. Yeah. Uh, just to keep things fresh. Um, so it's kind of disappointing. We'll never see a Symphony of the Night inspired season. But overall, I- I'm okay with this. I like the show enough, but I'm not going to lose any sleep that it's ending. Okay. Now, can you freshen me up a little bit on Castlevania lore? Does Symphony of the Night take place after three? Yes. So three takes place before the original yes, game I know. Yeah. slash Super Castlevania yeah. four and um, Simon's Quest. And then those all take place before Rondo of Blood, Dracula X, which then takes place before Symphony of the Night. Okay, so it's three Rondo of Blood, then Symphony of the Night. Uh, it's three original Rondo of Blood, Symphony of the Night. Okay, so all the characters in three are dead when Symphony of the Night, Symphony of the Night happens, right? Other than yes, Alucard. Alucard. Yeah, obviously. So they could actually still do Symphony of the Night because what Netflix told said is that they are ending like this main storyline on season four right but they're still looking into like creating you know more stuff in this castlevania universe so yeah they can still do simon belmont they can still do symphony of the night Uh, so hopefully that's that game has some pretty good plot but i think most of it was already explored in the anime right because a, a major part w- uh, of that game was like alucard's mother and stuff and they already explored that in season one and two yeah that's a very fair point which i think it was natural due to that for a storytelling perspective earlier on especially if alucard is going to be helping fight his father um it was natural to kind of move that ahead and do it with trevor instead of with richter but i actually hadn't heard that so that that makes me happy just because 
I know the original uh, Castlevania games don't have much in terms of a story, but Simon is my favorite Belmont, so I was hoping to see at least a season of just... It could be a season full of 10 episodes with no dialogue, and it's just animations of Simon kicking the shit out of monsters, and I'd be okay with it. Yeah, precisely. I remember watching season two, and season one, and but. Um, being like a Castlevania fan, I'm like, man, this isn't Castlevania. They're not going to the castle and then fighting like monsters and bosses and then unlocking items to go back to the previous segment of the castle that wasn't previously available to them and then going on and on like every episode. Instead, in like season two, okay, kind of spoilers, they go into the castle and it lasts like what? One episode? Maybe two? Yeah, it's the finale. They, they, I think it's two episodes. They have one episode where they fight v- Dracula's, like, I don't know what you would call it, a coven of vampires. <laughs> and then they fight Dracula. Like, where's Death? Where's all the Castlevania bosses? Where's Legion? Dude. Oh, no. They did Legion. They did Legion in season three, I think. I believe, yes, they did. Um, and they also, um, the first two bosses from, I think, I think they're the first two bosses from Symphony of the Night, uh, fight the trio in season two when they're out like camping yeah. they get ambushed and fight them yeah so uh, i i'm interested to see like what they're gonna do for season four because they they introduced a lot of elements that i don't know i'm not that much of a, a castlevania guy to know maybe this was i think a couple of characters were referenced in some ps2 games which i didn't even bother with um but like one of both of the necromancer guys both of them the forge masters uh hector and victor yeah they're from the ps2 game that's a sequel to castlevania 3 yeah so i haven't played those and i i didn't know those characters i thought they were ocs do not steals (laughs) from the creators but no they are actually from the games and I'm interested in seeing what they're going to do, because what I suspect and what was slightly hinted in season three is that they're, they're going to bring a certain guy back. Well, it wasn't even uh, it wasn't even really hinted like in the village that uh, that Le- uh, Leon <laughs> in the village that Trevor and Sypha were in for all of season three. That's it's revealed. That's what the big plot was that they were uncovering was a plot to bring oh, back Dracula. Spoilers. Oh, God. You. It's been like two years. <laughs> you know what? Now I'm going to spoil Resident Evil for all the, f- the fans. Oh, okay, no. Resident Evil has zombies in it. Whoa, Sorry. not anymore. They don't. Do they? Do, do they not? In four, they were kind of zombie-ish, but they weren't technically zombies. And then five continued that. I believe six did as well. Seven, it was just walking hunks of mold. And then now in Village, they're called lichens. And I'm pretty sure they're like werewolf-human hybrids. Yeah, I guess zombies aren't cool anymore. Whatever, coming up, these kids these days, lichens and stuff. Come on. Yeah. But yeah, pretty hyped for season four. Um, hopefully, the it has more uh, anal sex scenes, you know, because it's a big part of Castlevania oh, yeah. lore, uh, especially with Alucard's character. You know, I remember playing Symphony of the Night, and then when that scene hit, you know, the anal sex scene, that that's what elevated this nine out of ten game to a masterpiece you know really unexpected uh plot twist so yeah you know what else is unexpected getting sent to jail and after that getting sued by nintendo 
after the fact that they sent you to jail and now they're demanding what $2,500 for every single switch or you've hacked or right or like every single device you sold yeah every set of tools you sold to hack switches and a hundred and fifty thousand dollars that's three bitcoins dude in copyright damages for copyright violation it says for each copyright violation no but i'm not that's what it says oh my god what is a copyright violation I interpret that as meaning for every time they posted on their website a violation of Nintendo's copyright. So a bunch of the pictures that they put up, I guess, 150000 for each. I'm assuming. I, I think, weren't there also nice. allegations that you could buy, that you like you could essentially buy ROMs or access ROMs off of Team Executor's website? I could be wrong about that. That That is what I was thinking of. So is it for every ROM or every time somebody downloaded that ROM? Because if it's the latter, that's... I would say it's the former. (laughs) Ooh, okay. That's... this this. But I don't actually know. I shouldn't really be talking when Eric is here. Yeah. Keep your mouth shut. I'm here. (laughs) All right. Sorry. I'll go again. Eric, is it legal to, to sue somebody who's already in jail? Is it legal to beat a dead horse even further? Yes. Yes. Uh, often um, civil lawsuits come after a criminal lawsuit. Uh, it makes it easier to actually make sure that the person who you're suing is not going to run away. Uh, Gary Bowser and and friends, they are in jail in the United States of America for some felony charges that they've uh, allegedly committed. Uh, I, I believe piracy being one of them. Uh, so. Now, Nintendo's like, all right, got you locked. We got jurisdiction over you. Let's go ahead and sue you for all of the money, all of all the uh, damages that you've caused us. Lots of people on, on GBA Temp in particular are going to be upset. They're like, oh, man, Nintendo, they're just being greedy and rude. Like, you know, Team Executor, this was never about piracy. It was just about opening up the console and allowing us to have homebrew and 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 piracy was just a unforeseen. Con- Shut the hell up. You know, it. You, you know why you know why you have the SXOS. You know why you're buying these chips. Yeah, you know why they develop these chips. So, yeah, whether or not Nintendo's the good guy here doesn't really matter. They're well within their rights to sue in this case. I, I think that they have jurisdiction. I think that they are allowed to sue Gary Bowser and it was strategic of them to make sure that they civilly sue him after he was arrested on all of the felonies that he allegedly committed. At that point, if I was Gary Bowser or just a switch hacker who for some reason decided to sell proprietary hacking software and hardware, if I got if I got that mail from Nintendo saying, okay, we're going to sue you and we want $2,500 for every single unit you've sold. And every single <laughs> unit was like, what, 60 or $80? And I think, something like that. Okay, and also $150,000 for every single copyright violation. We don't know what that is yet. We'll think about it. But yeah, <laughs> I'd rather... Oh, plus okay, they... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, they're also shutting down the operation for good, obviously, is like separately from Bowser just being sense. in jail. That's <laughs> yeah. a wise decision to make. <laughs> Financially and whatever. But the thing is, at that point, I just I just rather Nintendo send the Yakuza ninjas after me and something and just kill me at that point. 
because $150,000, that is, oh no, I'd never hack a switch ever again. I'd, I wouldn't even touch atmosphere. I wouldn't even touch a switch at that point. I wouldn't want to have anything <laughs> to do with it. I would forget what Nintendo is, frankly. Like Nintendo who? Yeah, this is definitely a scare tactic. So like, hey, you want to hack the you Switch? You just better Nintendo don't mess with them. Exactly. <laughs> this is what happens when you hack the Switch. $150,000 for a copyright violation. Each one. That's how much we value Link's Awakening. <laughs> so I'm a criminal defense lawyer. I don't handle civil stuff. I'm not going to give any legal advice or anything of that nature. I'm mostly how just... How is this civil? This is a civil case. Uh, they're suing for money where, as opposed to the criminal case, which was all, all of the felonies. Can I... If I'm in a civil case like this, can I just... Ch- choose for jail instead just put me 20 years behind the bars i'm not paying this stuff i can't (laughs) well so here's what here's what's going on so this complaint uh i have it open it's a 41 page complaint so i i opened it when the podcast started which is why i was a little quiet for much of this podcast Uh, uh clearly i didn't read all 41 pages but at the end of a complaint is usually a prayer for relief, which is what's uh here it's on page 37 where nintendo is asking the court they're saying this is what we want you to do after we prove our case. Um, and that's where they're asking for all of the money. Usually in a plaintiff, which in this case would be Nintendo, the defendant being Bowser and buds, as opposed to the plaintiff, which is Bowser and his buds, it's Bowser versus Bowser. We should keep that in mind. Um, (laughs) Doug Bowser versus Gary Bowser prayer for relief is usually not what's going to happen with the judge. They basically, generally ask for the most that you can possibly get nintendo uh or their lawyers they looked at the um united states code and they're like all right we can do this 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 we can ask for all of this stuff so we're gonna ask for all of this stuff and then the judge after he hears everything will decide you know whether or not they get anything or how much they get but not necessarily at the end of the day it's not certain that if you know gary bowser is found guilty that he is that he and team executor are going to owe all of that money um it's sort of like when the music industry what was the name of that organization napster uh, no yeah yes yeah, napster was sued by um lars ulrich NAFTA. <laughs> no, uh, uh, i think it's nafta but nafta it started with an r uh, hold on, Napster versus Stop. R I A. Eric, are you trying to are you trying to bait me into that copy paste again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the R I A where they sued Napster for like uh, several trillion dollars, I believed. Yeah. Uh, I, be- I I believe not. I believed. <laughs> I, I still believe that that was the case, and I in the past also believed that that was the case. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they sued them for more money than like existed in the on the planet because they could get away with it. And of course, they didn't get anywhere near that much. So if you're thinking that Nintendo is going to get all of this money, that they can even get all of this money from Bowser and friends at Team Executor, I don't think so. Uh, though I do think that Nintendo does have a decent case because, I mean, it's really sort of like a, a, a silly argument to make. And it's one that that should be made by the defense and if i was the defense attorney i would be making this argument that this was just for homebrew piracy was just an extension of it and i yeah. would totally make that argument and it's and it's like that's all you really got bud <laughs> so, really okay yeah what's 
what's interesting is uh, GBA temp itself was mentioned several times uh, in this uh, 41 page complaint. Wow. Um, GBA temp with a capital T for the record. Oh. Also a different site. Yeah, different site. So halfway through paragraph 60 of the complaint, it says, for example, on GBA temp with a capital T, defendant stated that the SX core is compatible with all Nintendo Switch regular models, whether they are dot 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 patched or unpatched. In other words, whether they are pre or post June 2018 and that SX Lite is for all Nintendo Switch Lite consoles. All right. So that was uh, our first mention, I believe. Later on, uh, page... 21, paragraph 73, they just mentioned that his name on GBA Temp was Gary Opa. A little further on uh, paragraph 87, they say, Defendant also operated an account at GBAtemp.net where he posted information concerning team executors' products, including promoting the circumvention devices under Gary Opa. Circumvention devices, of course, meaning that it's to circumvent the uh, uh, the protections against piracy that are on the Nintendo consoles. Through the GBA temp account, defendant posted about SXOS software updates and updates on the development of circumvention devices, as well as about some of the features circumventing the game's TPMs. Uh, do you guys happen to know what that means? Uh, turns per minute. Turns per minute? Okay. I'm not sure. So, they mentioned... Uh, uh, yeah, he tested over 200 games. He mentioned that on GBA Temp. So that's further evidence that, oh, yeah, no, this is about pirating games. After all, I've tested 200 games yeah. for you to pirate. He says that, or the complaint says that the defendant uses a unique username at each of the above sites uh, on their own website, on Executor Rocks, on Max Console, on GBA Temp. He uses different names all the time. Uh, but that's just sort of identifying who he is. And let me see if is there anything else important. He would regularly post all announcements across the first three of these platforms and would often post the content to GBAtemp.net. So he posted everything at his team executor website and then some things on our website, which we all know. But we're just a news site. We're not we're not. Uh, it, this is not the time for me to make the joke that, oh, if you want ROMs, just message Alan John, because clearly <laughs> that's always a joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We are not a ROM site. We do not encourage piracy. We did nothing wrong. We didn't develop anything. <laughs> I never bought. I never bought those devices. Oh, wait, gateway. No, I never bought a gateway device. I um, <laughs> no, I, I'm I, I, I'm totally anti piracy. So what you just did there yeah. with your fingers, legally speaking, <laughs> what is that what legal? Like, can you cross what? your fingers and then lie and that doesn't count a lie? Is that what is that? I can do that in the courtroom. No, but I didn't oath? do that. OK, no, no. Crossing your fingers and then you can't just cross your fingers and straight up lie and say, I never bought a gateway device. It wouldn't work in court. Um, but I didn't do that. OK, but I mean, you did. But um, yeah, <laughs> the thing is, this basically confirms even further that nintendo lawyers browse gba temp they, they, they got to be listening to this podcast because that's the thing is i mean you're gonna put that stupid clickbaity title up there i assume <laughs> and people are just gonna be like oh man they got they got the gba temp lawyer talking about this thing and i'm like hey hi nintendo i'm on your side genuinely i'm a i'm a criminal defense attorney and i'm on your side here because you did everything right and I have nothing to do with any of this. <laughs> Watch Eric get fired before next week's Tempcast because of these <laughs> statements. Yeah, what if, what if, where do you, where do you work as a lawyer as? What's your county? Doesn't matter. 
Okay. <laughs> what if they listen to the Temcast as well? Ever thought of that? Well, yeah. That's insane. Do they visit the EOF? What do you think? <laughs> this is so depressing. You guys seem to think that everyone that listens to our podcast is paid to do so. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> Eric's boss checking in on him. It's Nintendo's <laughs> lawyers. Like, Jesus Christ. This is horrible. Oh, another <laughs> episode of Tabcast. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, f- I hate Mondays. <laughs> Gotta listen to a Tabcast. <laughs> now, I want to go back to what Alan John asked about these uh, these lawyers going to the EOF. Do you think they've ever voted in one of Weemie's Witch's polls? Oh, definitely. <laughs> They'd be so how bored many, at work. How many, uh, how many posts from a Nintendo lawyer do you think Scott Pilgrim has liked? <laughs> oh, I wonder if the Nintendo lawyers know who Scott Pilgrim is. That's, that's crazy. I had a I had a client come on Zoom yesterday uh, for court, and his his profile picture was Scott Pilgrim, and his username was his like his 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 oh, Zoom no. name was Scotty Pill, oh, and no. I was like, I don't know who this is, but there's some Eric. dude named Scotty Pill here. Uh, so like the judge is like, identify yourself, and he said his name. He's like, what is that? And I was like, Judge, that's from Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I've never heard of that. It's a it's it's good. You should watch it. <laughs> Eric, are you sure it wasn't Scott Pilgrim trying to get his like button back? Yeah, he, exactly. <laughs> he might have been. Do you think they went overkill on on Gary Bowser? I think they might have gone overkill because they felt like they needed to to set an example, maybe. I don't know. Like, hey, if you do this, we will ruin you. See, I'm glad you said that because I want to pitch. If Nintendo's lawyers are listening, I want to pitch something to them. Have you guys ever heard of the Cadaver Synod? Okay, that sounds so sinister. All right, so this was back in, I think the seventh century no the ninth century oh boy we're going uh, medieval there was some old pope that what happened exactly um he was like tried and he did some crime and they killed I know him this. I know and this then a story. few months later one of his successor popes dug him up and they put his corpse on trial and they found the corpse guilty <laughs> and <laughs> what did they, i can't remember what they did to the corpse but it wasn't nice. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't nice. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. The, it was a posthumous trial where they literally dug him out of the ground. <laughs> what? Didn't they okay. do it twice, too, to the same guy? He had I to appeal. Really... <laughs> <laughs> so I just... Nintendo lawyers, keep an eye on Gary Bowser. He's probably in life for prison at this point. After, you know, that day comes and goes, you might want to do a cadaver synod on Gary Bowser just to really make sure nobody ever, ever uh, tries to hack, you know, the Switch 2 or whatever it is. Yeah, that's next week's topic. Another (laughs) Switch Pro rumor. (laughs) Also, Nintendo lawyers, let Super Seducer 3 be on your system, you cowards. Yeah, come on. Grow a pair. Virgins. Fucking spent all their time in law school. (laughs) Now getting laid and they're jealous of Richard LaRuina. Grow a fucking pair, you fucking pussies. Yeah. Yeah. Take that, lawyers. (laughs) Stupid lawyers. This Eric Zander guy, he knows his stuff. We should probably hire him. And then after that segment, they're like, no, no. Damn it. Could have been on Nintendo's payroll. I'm sick of being uh, being a Sony shell. Yeah. <laughs> Sony doesn't visit GBA Tom. They don't care. No, they no don't. you can pirate all their stuff. They don't care. I don't. I like I like trophies and not getting banned. Nintendo, on the <laughs> other hand, they don't give me a reason not to pirate. Give me trophies it's, or give if me they had trophies. No one would pirate anything because you would need the official one. Yeah, that's actually an excellent point. Nintendo lawyers get on that, too. OK, can we 
we're not finished with resident evil yet okay wait <laughs> no there's one thing i want to ask okay this isn't funny okay jordan uh so you said resident evil village is getting like two demos today right um yeah right now as of the recording of this so if you're listening to it you're already too late you can play the half of the yeah. available okay demo. so does does that include the uh the big vampire lady <laughs> does is she in that in any way like do i get um, to interact with her well i haven't she was in the first demo she yeah. kills you at the end actually the first demo yeah that was hot i mean that was cool yeah. Yeah. So Steven, the maiden the maiden demo, that was in the castle, right? Yes. Okay, so the second half of the demo that they're putting out is the castle demo. So you'll have to wait until either May or if you're on a PS4 or a PS5 uh later this month before you get to see your vampire goth okay. GF again. Okay, thank you. So oh, fuck off. an entire month. The good news is with the uh with the mo- the demo coming out in May, you can choose between spending half of it in the village, half of it in the castle, a little bit more in the village or castle, or just all of it in one location. So you'll have 60 minutes oh, in heaven. I need with, like uh, a 60th of that, maybe 120th. <laughs> I don't need that much. So she kills you when you find her, and she actually kills you by crushing your head in between her thighs. So you can just keep running into her over. Uh, does she actually? No, she doesn't. <laughs> okay, I because I don't have a PlayStation, so I haven't played the Maiden demo. Can I just say how proud I am of myself that we we spoke about Resident Evil Four for like ten minutes, and I didn't do an impression of the merchant once. <laughs> like, what it's so buying? easy to just be like, what are you selling? Ooh. All I'll right. buy Good it night. at a high Stranger. price. Stranger. <laughs> now that's oh. a weapon. Oh my. He sounds Good like night. Alan John playing the fucking Resident Evil 8 demo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy that at a high price. <laughs> buy Nintendo lawyers. Buy Nintendo lawyers. Okay. Hey, Colbert here, Cappy. Birthday, Steven. You're the greatest podcast editor anybody could ever wish for. Wish you all the best. I love you.